The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everybody. Welcome to All New Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I've known him my entire life. (laughs) You may have seen him on Vanderpump Rules throughout the years. Maybe you've caught him on Totobellas. He's got really amazing hair. He's also an incredible father. And he's my brother. It's Joey Maloney. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a a blur in the background sometimes. (laughs) I know, but you're there. I think I've gotten one or two lower thirds with Katie's brother, actually. You had a little title banner. Yeah, we call them lower thirds in the biz. Okay, yeah, Joey's in the biz, as we call it here in Hollywood. You went to the Los Angeles Film School. Correct. I'll give them a shout out. LAFS. Cinematography. You wanted to be a DP. Well, I wanted to be a director, but I figured I should learn skills that are manageable to translate to the business and actually get me uh, working. (laughs) I loved having a camera in my hand and yeah, that was a natural fit and I just ended up being pretty good at it. And then I worked in film as a camera operator assistant ETC while making my own stuff on the side. ETC, what is that? Et cetera. <laughs> ETC, that's not a, that's not no, a term. I worked as a DIT, that's a different. A DIT. I remember that. That's that's like a, a more skilled trade. Yeah. Not many people can, can do that because it's a digital imaging technician. technician. Yeah, nice. You would be actually like editing. Not so much editing, but working with a DP, a cinematographer to make the look, how things look on screen, color correction, exposure, making sure the camera is working because everything's digital now, you know, making sure yeah. that they're recording. Hey. <laughs> Gordo's Gordo. down. Hey, um, I know you haven't seen me in a while, but. <laughs> so you worked in a lot of commercials and then you were doing a lot of the Hallmark films. I was at a film school. I call it film school 2.0. I got started working for a company that that was their bread and butter was <laughs> it was legitimately like cranking those things out four times a year, but it was good work and it was a good way to get really good experience, you know, and, and earn my days into the union and all that and, and work with cool people that, and then eventually you get hired on other things. And, and then, you know, I realized after 10 years in that side, I wanted to be actually creating. I remember, okay, what, what are some of the movies you've worked on? You worked on Rush Hour 3. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Camera PA. So Rush Hour 3. That was my first really big blockbuster type film, which was fun. It was a wild experience. And then... And you got to like meet those actors. Yeah, I was mostly in commercials though. That was kind of like my, my bread and butter. Remember when you worked on that one movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hook me up. That was a great film. And you didn't. You failed um, me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm kidding. Okay, and then, but now, missed out, Joe. But now you have um. Well, first, okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. And then you got to work with the NFL. You know, sports and film and all that. It's kind of like been my life. Yeah. And you know, I started out just editing as it was an in there, and then they had a digital producer the next season, and that was like more up my alley. You know, sort of we call them one man bands. You know. 
creating content, going out to training camps, going out to these players' homes and and working and creating, you know, three to five minute packages for YouTube and, and whatnot. And we did all different things. Yeah. We did like this series called Journeys where we talked about people's players' journey to the league and the things they went through. And then it was cool because it was me and another producer, Ryan, and we kind of, we traveled the country and and featured these these talents and these athletes and and telling their story, which... I love that stuff. Who was the coolest athlete that you got to meet and work with? Oh, I don't know. There was a lot. I mean, as a 49ers fan, it was it was before everything was Colin Kaepernick. And, yeah. you know, he was someone that I obviously loved on the field. And then, you know, I fully support what he's, you know, what he, I was going to say, say stand for, but he, I mean, what he stands for, <laughs> but what he knelt for and, and, yeah. and what that means. Obviously, that's a big deal right now. And, and then it wasn't, it was just, he was the quarterback of my team. And I, and, you know, I'm not into idol worship or anything like that. These people are extraordinary athletes and, and, and what they can do is, is so unique. You've been like such a 49er stand forever. Yeah. I remember you named one of your fish. The goldfish was 49er. 49er. <laughs> and then you got to, when you worked on, uh, was it the Pepsi thing? Uh, yeah. Recently, yeah. we got to work with Joe Montana, like who was just childhood like, idol, which was like a real true childhood idol, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I don't really get pictures with people or autographs, but that one I did, and I had to. <laughs> it was just one of those rare. I was the, I was the director, so I was allowed to. I wasn't just a crew member this time. I was directing, <laughs> so you know, I had a little bit of uh, cachet there. So through this, you've been doing your your passion in film. And worked into doing some really cool stuff with commercials and film. And then you got to work with the NFL, which was marrying some of your other passion. Now you're working with the WWE, which is like ultimate for you. Blessed in the way that I've been lucky to have one dream job and then follow it up with an even bigger dream job, which it, yeah. it's cool the way things happen. And it's all been organic. Like people ask me, how, how did you get a job? Who did you know? And I literally applied online. <laughs> and, and it had just been, I don't want to sell myself short because I worked my ass off to get to these places and I I had perfected my craft. So I made myself a viable contender and a viable asset to these places. But, you know, it truly was. And then it, it was just the perfect fit with, you know, my boss who hired me. So little backstory on why it's it's so awesome that he has this job now is because growing up, like our family was big like WWF, WWE, like we always watched that. And that was, that was in the earlier, well, not earlier, but you know, earliest days. We call it the attitude era in our biz. <laughs> the Rock was known for being a wrestler back then. And it was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. And it was, you know, I remember through our house, it was always, do you smell what The Rock is yeah, cooking? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Fun story time. In in high school, Joey, I'm talking like you're not here. Um, <laughs> him and his friends, they went to like a- A wrestling school. A wrestling school. And they teach you like the moves and like, cause it's it's not, it's, I mean, it is, it is, there is an element of combat, but it's, it's all like sort of staged. You're almost doing like stunt fighting. Yes. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I'm not going to sell it short for what it is. It is like stunt fighting and you there's a proper way to do it and to make it look right and to not get hurt. And to not get hurt. Yeah. Even though it's not the UFC, they're not actually beating <laughs> shit out of each other. But it, I mean, it's challenging what, the, I mean, what these, these athletes are, do. These men and women are, I, <laughs> we can talk more into that as we go along, but they are the most incredible people, athletes and, and, and personalities you'll meet. And that's part of the cool part about this job. And, 
I don't, I don't mean to jump ahead, but yeah, <laughs> actually, we just found that footage by the way. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll show I it to you. To but, but so then, so after they went to this um, wrestling school, they were like, they, they wanted to put on an event at our high school. They were already putting on the event. And okay. since we had been training at the school, they said, hey, you guys want to have the main event? Right. Okay. So there was going to be an event at our school, a wrestling event. It was everything that you, th- if you've seen fighting with my family, where there's these like sort of like low budget, sort of smaller scale, sort of <laughs> indie, if you will, fight. If you've seen that movie where in fighting with my family, where her family's like have this like very like indie sort of league of wrestling, where they do these really small fights with like barely, I mean, that's what it reminded me of. I had like flashbacks watching that movie to this night in high school. I didn't know what to expect. I probably had pretty low expectations, <laughs> no, but, but I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. That's fair, but I, but it was actually like a really impressive thing. And I think everyone that went in our school, like was just like, it is weird. Like there was, it was a hundred people there probably. Yeah. No, there was a, it was a watching really it back, good turnout. Yeah, there was a, about a hundred people. It was weird to watch it back. It was, it was a better match than I remember. There was some fun, fun moments in it. Fun spots. What was your wrestling say. name? I don't remember. I have to listen back. I don't remember. Have you ever told any of the people, the wrestlers that you work with that you did this? I've told them I've trained. I never told them I had an actual <laughs> match. I don't think. Maybe. Were they just like, okay, cool. Good for you. Or were they like... <laughs> I mean, I always say like, you know, I'd made the right choice and, and chose the other side of the camera, you know. My talents are better off telling your story than actually... True. Telling a story in the ring. <laughs> okay. Now, can you, so can you explain what your, your job is for the people at WWE? Because basically you are traveling every single week. Because well, right if you now, don't, if yeah. for what people don't understand is that every single week, the WWE does two live shows. They do uh, more, but well, we right, do but. two, well, three live televised shows now. Three. Okay. There's, there's raw Smackdown, and Smackdown. And NXT. Oh, NXT. Which is, I don't want to call it developmental because it's not anymore, but it's, it's, uh, I don't even want to say it's like AAA baseball, but it's like, it's its own brand. So for, for probably up and comers or established indie talent that come through. So they do that solely out of Orlando, which is where everything is now. But yeah, we did Raw, Smackdown, NXT. And then there's live events that are non televised and then pay per views, which we still do pay per views once or sometimes twice a month. And, and then there's WrestleMania. Like every week going to a different city, different state, different countries even, and having to set up these a full shebang and then film a live show. I mean, there's a, so much that goes into it. And I've gone to two of them. I went to the one at Barclays and, then, here. and then we went to Raw here. So I've been to SmackDown and Raw. And I mean, just going behind or backstage it is no joke. And so explain what, explain what your role is. So my title currently is a coordinating features producer, which film world, I'd, I'd be sending other people out on shoots, making sure, but I, you know, in my world, I kind of do everything as well. I have a lot of support with our team too, especially now it's, you know, things are kind of turned up on their head. We're still producing content every week. We're still doing live shows all out of Orlando. The live shows are Trippy. <laughs> but I, my, my, what I become known as my specialty is I do a series on the WWE Network. Subscribe now, $9.99 a month. There's also a free tier. There you go, plug. Uh, I do a documentary series called WWE Chronicle, which I sort of take, it's more, I don't want to say diary form, but I follow a, a superstar from one date 
and usually leading into a big match or a pay-per-view and sort of, but we go into their backstory, where they're at, where they're from, you know, stuff like that. Go to their hometown sometimes. It all, it's all sort of meant to live within this one to three month period and, and the sort of events that unfold within the ring and outside of the ring. And I've done now 18 of them, I think. It started as like a one-off, one per, there's going to be four a year, then there were six, and now it's one a month. Wow. Because you've made it like such a hit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it is cool to have like, it is cool to have something that you created and, and work on and, you know, be part of this big network, WWE network, and have something that like people look forward to watching. Traveling around, going to these different cities and you're doing these live shows, you are capturing footage. Yeah. Usually I'm focusing on one or two superstars and, and, and I'll be with them throughout the day. You know, it's, it's a long day. It's, it's, we get there at like, if the show's at 7 PM, we're get we're getting to the arena at like 11 AM and we're there before the, the superstars get there and we're setting up and, you know, mm-hmm. I capture them arriving and sometimes we'll do stuff before outside. A lot of it, like I try to do outside of the arena because backstage and arenas kind of all look the same. Yeah. And you kind of like, oh, you're in a dark hallway or <laughs> you're in a locker room. Oh, Another okay. makeup chair. Yeah, exactly. The same makeup artist. It's, it's like kind of like, what? there's not much differentiating. I mean, it's a massive. And then when you get to WrestleMania, it's just like, as you can, as you know, growing up as a, as a wrestling fan, my f- First WrestleMania, I had to like, I was running around shooting all day. It was, and then we got to showtime and fireworks went off and I just had to stand there and just kind of like, <laughs> I went out in. to the crowd just to make sure I got to take it in. And, and I told Stephanie McMahon this and, and I said, you know, like I've worked three, two Super Bowls and been to Super Bowls on the field shooting. It's different. I, I went to my first as a fan this year. Yeah. But WrestleMania just hit a little different for you. I mean, the Super Bowl is one thing when you're going, like this year I went because my San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl. So it was, it was an amazing experience. Unfortunately, they lost, but <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. another story. Um, but that but halftime yeah, show, it was great. They were the real winners. But I mean, being, and being a part of something and creating stuff that, you know, is, you know, seeing stuff I've shot in the, the pre-hype packages and the storyline and all that is pretty cool. And it, that's what got me into filmmaking legitimately. And this is what I said in my interview. Like I learned how to edit because I was able to, link two VCRs together (laughs) and find a way to take out the audio port and put in a CD player and was able to stop and record and play and record from one VHS to the other little wrestling hype packages. And that's how I learned how to edit until I learned, I got into high school and then we had computers and all that. But that's what drove me into filmmaking and stuff. Antiquated (laughs) VCRs for everyone that doesn't understand. Um, Back in the day before we had Netflix... Before we had DVDs, we had these things called VHS, video cassettes. It's just such a wild like thing we do. And, it, and it's, the thing I love is seeing like how into it people get. Oh my God. The energy, the first time I went to a SmackDown, I was like captivated and comp- immediately just immersed into the culture of everything because people are just so like stoked to be there. It's contagious. It is a really cool thing to be a part of and to stand in the crowd or be or filming something whether it's a we call it a a heel turn where someone turns bad and the people are shocked <laughs> and i remember those moments as in watching and just being one of those people and now i get to be like yeah it's do you get to like read the scripts or know the the turns that are coming i have to know sometimes. i know but I, I, I know what i need to know there's still a magic to it and i think that's what's kind of cool about it you know it, it, we call it kayfabe in the business 
that there is some element of surprise to it, or there should be, because you know it's a story. It's we're telling stories, and that's the cool part about it. And that's what drew me to it in the first place. It's athletic competition with stories. You know, yeah. it's a male soap opera. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make it a sexist thing because it's not. Because men and women are. You know, w- the women competitors now are some of the best we've ever had. And mm, yeah. it's amazing to watch, like what they do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I could, I just, I mean, just imagine throwing yourself, like just leaping off of like six feet up and just landing on your stomach on top of something, like, and not getting hurt. Yeah. Like, you have to learn how to maneuver your body. Like, and that takes so much skill and practice. Well, and beyond and that, you have to be a personality. You have to be someone that like, Either you're a bad guy or a good guy, bad girl, good girl, and good woman. And <laughs> it's, I, you know, whatever. But you have to be a personality. And that's part of it. I learned watching Fighting with My Family, that show, where they, that, that was sort of loosely ba- or based off of. No, it's this, this woman, Paige, who's amazing. But because by the time she actually made it into the WWE, it was not long after that she got injured. And now has ultimately had to retire. She did. She did make a comeback, but yes, then resulted you in. You can watch WWE Chronicle featuring Paige to get the full story. Yep, <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite episodes I've done. It's 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 emotional. It was, it was a lot. And she's she's an awesome you know young woman, and she's got a lot of stuff ahead of her too. Good within our business and out of it, you know. No, I mean, she seems to be killing. I follow her on Instagram, and she's like, she's got such a massive following, and. Yeah, she's going to continue to do more. But then also, you hang around with the Bella Twins a lot, which I'm sure a lot of people are very curious about. It was weird because I was hired as part of what I was hired for was to start, you know, they just started their YouTube channel. It was sort of to go and film with them. And, you know, I, I knew who they were, obviously, from watching wrestling. But I the reality aspect. <laughs> the reality team. I'm, I'm talking to someone, you know, obviously involved in it. And, and that maybe colored my my experience with it. But as soon as I met these two women, it's like, they're amazing. And, and what they do and, and who they are as people, it's, it's, they've become two of my good friends within, the, within life, not just the business, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, and, and when, when I had my child, I told Bree, they were one of the first people I told because I happened to be on a shoot with them. And I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm having a kid too. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, give me your address and I'll send you a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's right. And she sent me two boxes of- Bree sent you a bunch of birdies hand-me-downs. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty awesome. But you know, it was it was a cool experience to get to know these two. And I still keep in touch and they're about to have kids themselves. Well, Nikki's going to have her first. That's so crazy to me. I mean, my, my experience been limited, but they've been nothing but just- so kind oh, and gracious. Like they're yeah. just, just the sweetest people. And I, I really admire them so much and look up to them and like I'm intimidated by them for so many. I mean, not only are they like really tough, you watch them in the ring. Hello. Um, but they're just so successful and so demanding for one thing to like film television show, but then they have like wine, they've got clothing lines, they've got podcasts, they've got their YouTube. They, I mean, they've book, yeah. books, yeah. like they've, like they do so much. And I'm just like, I, I have to like respond to emails. And after that, I'm like, whoo, well, my, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. like, it's just, it's so, I'm just blown away by how, how hardworking they are and just how like humble and nice they are and family oriented they are. And that's the cool thing about my job. Going back to that is like, my job, I'm not in an office, obviously. My job is to really get to know these people as, as people. Like, 
less wrestlers, less mm-hmm. superstars. I'm more into humanizing people and, and what they are and, and what, because again, like I said with the NFL players, like I'm interested in the line that people have to cross to become something. Yeah. And it's such a fine curtain, such a fine line. And and not many people can step over that threshold and, and truly become something bigger than just a person. I don't want to diminish just a person, but you know, we call them superstars for a reason because they're superstars. You have to, I mean, you have to be larger than life. Yes. That plus yeah. some. And and what it takes to do that. And 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 not only that, then you have the athletic as, aspect and the, you know, the physical side. Relate to you in that aspect of like being curious about the human side of people because being on reality TV and I I understand the different side to things and and that people can get you boxed in and colored very quickly and people are quick to, you know, draw opinions on people. But um and I I do it myself. You know, we always Well yeah. Innately we're gonna judge, we're gonna make snap judgments, we're gonna have opinions and um but then once you break down those like layers of someone and and you get to know who they are suddenly like it's a whole different person that you're looking at and the where they come from and their personal experiences and past traumas or who their family is and where they you know grew up all those kind of things really have are the building blocks to who they are and like that's more fascinating human story is whether as a person that's what I'm interested in and as a as a creative person as a storyteller that's I think what we're drawn into is is the who what why where when you know where do you start with that usually like where do you like to start when you want to get down to the the core it depends it it all depends with whether it's a moment whether it's something someone says whether it's something that's been a long build-up like Again, a lot of what I do is centered in the is is based around what happens in the storylines that we we're right. telling, you know, and and sort of then I branch off that, so that kind of pushes the momentum. But you know, I like to leave that on TV because they do such a good job telling the stories on TV. You know, it's pre you can watch hours of TV and you get the storyline. And then what I want is to sort of have a second screen experience, so to speak, and 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 add to that. You know, depends from. You know, with, with like we were talking with with Paige, it was her coming back, and then obviously you never know what's going to happen, and you know who's going to get hurt or how that's going to happen, and and that's such an unfortunate thing. And the most recent story was, and it, it, and it ties into everything, is you know we were gearing up for our WrestleMania oh, yeah. this year, and this is you know I was following our one of our guys, Drew McIntyre, one of the coolest dudes you'll meet um, from Scotland, and you know we got the opportunity to go to Scotland for you know, promo stuff leading up to his match uh, against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the, for the WWE championship. And, you know, we flew to London and, you know, we had already been, you know, there was already kind of this pandemic had already been ramping up. We were in big arenas until the week before everything shut down. I, yeah. I remember that. We, we, we did our show in Washington, DC. And then the next morning I took a plane to London, which was empty and you know everything seemed normal when you were when we were there people were around and and you know we went out for a drink that night and then the next day we were shooting we were going to like bbc and a few places and we were in the cab and got the news alert oh it's officially declared a pandemic <laughs> okay and then we were flying to scotland that night got to scotland drove to the hotel which was about 45 minutes from glasgow and then you know i heard that trump was about to make this the speech and there was rumors about what it was. It was about 1am there. And then he made this, this speech that they were, you know, 
halting all UK travel, but it was so unclear that like, did that mean us? Did that mean, so we kind of all panicked and, you know, and I calmed down a little. And then I went to watch some Utah jazz basketball as I'm a Utah jazz fan. And this was really when it hit because, you know, it was that night, like it was already on Twitter. Tom Hanks had COVID. Yeah. And then they're about to tip off this basketball game and three guys in suits run out and they're, they're, they call off the game because and it turns out the, the Rudy Gobert. Jazz players. Yep. And then that's when it positive. was like, oh, oh my God, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Like I'm, you know, so far away from home and I just want to get home as fast. I was able to get out the next day and then I was home basically ever since. But it was a weird way to experience the start of this this huge global event. Yeah, and, being in the place that you're now being, or that the president's being... President um, is, is saying that they're halting all travel from and just worrying about not being able to make it home. I mean, it's occupational hazard, I guess. But I mean, it certainly had an element to the story that was, in terms of a storytelling, I don't want to say it was a good thing because it's not a good thing. But it really, it really captured about what this with this guy, this wrestler was was. He had spent so long working his way back into WWE. He was released, and then he finally got to the top. <laughs> And now he has WrestleMania. We didn't know if it was going to be canceled. We didn't know what we ended up doing in Orlando. We have a training facility where we're doing all our shows. And he ended up becoming WWE champion, but it was almost bittersweet. But he kind of like says, well, this is like perfect for the career of Drew McIntyre, you know, kind of fits to a T. (laughs) And, you know, it was an interesting way. It was definitely a challenge. And, you know, we had to integrate ways to tell stories that we never have before, that I never have. I had to do part of the interview on a zoom call. Oh gosh. And I'm very much into like zoom. things being perfect and like looking good. And yeah. Know, and that, that was a new challenge, but I think it worked well given what the the moment in time is. And it's, you know, it's, it's a thing we're all learning how to deal with and Adapt in to. so many ways. Zoom. Who's your favorite wrestler right now? Well, I'm not gonna, I can't single anyone. Why? Out because I love them. Okay. All. Who's your top five? <laughs> Look, I, I think, <laughs> That's, I'm not going to do that. Who, okay, mine, uh, well, okay. You can give me yours. I always go by like their, like their songs. They're like entrance songs. I like the one that's like, Victorious. You mean Glorious? Or glorious. Yeah, Bobby Roode. But Bobby Roode, yeah, but, but it like, but then it goes into like. Oh, it's a great, it's a great song. I won't give in. I yep, won't give it's in. a great thing. Till I'm victorious. It's such a good song. Like that's, 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 that must be hard. Like who do they, how much involvement do they have in choosing like their songs and like who writes them? Well, I mean, like, what? I don't know. How, like <laughs> a lot of the, that side, I know when they're in NXT or if they go to NXT, there's like, that's what part of what it is. You kind of develop this character and develop who you are. Well, who's your all time favorite wrestler? As you know, I was a huge fan of the rock. So I'm not going to go against that. And I was a huge fan of Triple H, who's now one of our, you know, head head honchos. Yeah. Have you met him? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's uh well, I mean, I met John Cena. You were there. John is John was another person that I was very lucky to to work with and, and I definitely fangirled. He's I fangirled a little I mean, bit. everything you could hear, but you you know, you see how much good this guy does and it's all true. Mm-hmm. And he's just a genuine person. Not not to mention what he's done in WWE. It's like but he's the all time leader in granting wishes for make a wish. Really? Oh it's yeah, it's he's he's very active. But he's, he, he's he's definitely following the sort of like the rocks. Well, I, I don't know what his goals are, but 
but he's starring in huge yeah, movies and it'll come out next year. I think in the new Fast and the Furious, and he's like the the main bad guy. He's Dom Dom yeah Dom's brother, I think. Oh shoot! Yeah, so it's like it'll be cool to see it. I can see that. Yeah, he's also very attractive <laughs> and really nice. He's, I know Tom was there, and I was like, mm, "Hi, oh yeah, that's my husband over there." But like, doesn't matter. <laughs> what did I say? If you were like, "Oh, I was," I met him, and you're like, "This is my sister," and he's like, "Yeah, your brother's like so talented. He's so great." I'm like, "Yeah, well, he got he got the talent or whatever. I got the brains. I got the looks." <laughs> It's true. Just kidding. Yeah. You got the hair. Fine. I'll give that to you. All of that aside, you have got the coolest job. You got the coolest hair. I'm lucky. And you also have the coolest daughter. <laughs> well, that was more of a team effort. But yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes. I can't take all the credit. You can't take all the credit. You did go. I can't take all the credit for anything, but. You did go halves with somebody on that. Yeah. And Valerie, baby mama. Better half. Better half. Wife-ish, we say. Wife adjacent. I mean, that was on the plans, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. You're engaged. Yes, you've been together for six years. But yeah, so my niece, Sonia Dot, is the coolest, the cutest little girl on the planet. I miss her right now. I wish she was here with us. But I still remember when you told me, you were just like, want to hear a funny joke? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, and then you're like, I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> it happened quick for us. And we were lucky in that regard because some people take a long time, but it just kind of took me off guard that it happened that quick. Being where you are now, if you could go back in time and tell yourself. It's funny because when I interview people, I always ask them that. What would you tell? I know, know, but I'm just what curious because there, there no, has no, to no. be some like, little nugget or something because there's, I know there's like a lot of fears and I mean, apprehension going I, into that. There always are. And I had heard those from people that had kids too. And, and, and the thing is, you're never going to be prepared. You're never going to be prepared of what it brings, even in a normal circumstance. It's, you know, you can prepare, you can read books, you can, you can learn from your parents, you can learn from people who have kids, but it's never going to prepare you for what it actually brings in, in, in a good way too, in a, in a good and bad way, because, you know, your life completely changes, you know, even like from the moments you used to have like daily freedoms, like, oh, I'm just going to run to the whatever. It, it, there's yeah. so much more consideration like, oh, but now you got to bring, bring her, <laughs> you know, even, even with, you know, my wife ish with Valerie, it's like, we don't get to go out. You know, we luckily mm-hmm. we have her parents here and, and not now at all, but you know, luckily her parents, you know, we drop, we drop Sonia off Friday nights and we'd have our date nights or we just go home and sit in silence because we're just so exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Overall patience is a thing that I, I, I'm still learning with her because I forget she's, I mean, she's such a smart little human child that like, it's hard to remember that she's only two, almost three now. Yeah, so, time's going by so fast. But she talks in full sentences. She's just this little bright personality. And uh, every parent talks about their kid and they're the best kid, but she really is the best kid. She really is so smart. She, she, she has been for a while. I mean, she's, I think, I feel like she was, she's been very advanced. She is very advanced. Early. She loves dinosaurs right now. That's her new. She what? She loves dinosaurs. I feel like she's been loving dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, she she knows more about dinosaurs than I probably know. What knowledge has she dropped on you recently? She knows that Ankylosauruses have tails with like spikes on them. She can say Ankylosaurus. She can say (laughs) Ankylosaurus. Yes. Oh my God. I don't even know what an Ankylosaurus is. We drive by the Sinclair station on our way to her school and she's like, Brachiosaurus. What? There's these little songs, this this like YouTube guy called Blippy. 
and she's obsessed oh, I, yeah. with him. And he's like a Bill Nye on speed without all the science. He's just straight into the like, this is a, this is a manta ray. Ooh, it's slimy. I'm not even going to try to do his, but he wears orange and blue and she's just obsessed with this, this, these videos. And it's, but the, the thing is, as much as I hate him, she's learning so much from them. Like there's a little song. She knows about fire trucks and, and helicopters and, you know, and ankylosauruses because of these <laughs> shit. So that's like her, that's her main thing right now. Is that and Minnie Mouse. Too. Oh yeah. She loves Minnie She's Mouse. Obsessed. Um, we spoiled her for Christmas last year and got her like, she can't drive that thing straight. I got her like a little Minnie Mouse. Like it's like kind of like a little bike thing. It's like a power wheel. A thing. little power wheel. I think she was definitely scared of it at first. She might've been a little too young for it, but I couldn't resist because oh. I never had a power wheel growing up. She we doesn't didn't know get how power to, wheels. She doesn't know how to drive a steering wheel or use a steering wheel. Well, she just goes in a straight line and then like looks to the side and then he, she runs into the wall. <laughs> I guess I don't spend enough time around like small children, um, but I'm just like, so I'm so impressed with what she like remembers. Like she remembers our dog's names. Yeah, and she just she's. I mean, she's been here enough time, but like, it's not like she. But comes, she recognizes them on like if on Instagram or something, or exactly. if we Facetime. She's been here enough to like. Okay, fine. She's like met them a handful of times, but to be able to remember their names or I, I mean, I'm just blown away by like how kids are able to like retain that. I don't know how people are dealing with it now with having like kids that are older that are in school. It's I, I couldn't imagine. Luckily, she's is only two and a half and. I don't want to say we just stick her in front of the TV because we don't just stick her in front of the TV, but she wants to watch. And luckily she doesn't, she watches educational programs, but this is going to be one of the biggest challenges we're facing in the next month is how, you know, this entire generation of of school children are going to grow. Like we're on the precipice of something, no matter how much kids love the internet, they don't love doing school on the internet. And to sit there for eight hours a day is a challenge. Oh, I mean, I I do that, but I'm not consuming information that is, you know, educational. I'm expanding my mind in some ways, but it's like, no, I'm not doing math and I'm not not learning grammar while I'm doing, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think just it's, it's going to be having to rework and how we educate and all of that. We still got a while with this and that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's been a whole nother can of worms, bag of snakes, whatever you want to call it these last few months. It's been... Bag of shit, we'll call it. Me and Valerie are both lucky to have jobs right now and to be working and, and we're busy and, you know, we're, we're both working full time. So, but you throw a, a two and a half year old in there that doesn't... Understand really, that you need to... Yeah, doesn't know why she's home all the time. Doesn't know why mom can't be there in the morning, you know, and, and parents out there all over going through this and, and it's challenging. It's exhausting. But also on the flip side, you know, as like I, like you said, I travel every week or I was traveling every week and to be able to spend these three months with her, now four, and to watch her grow and she's grown so much, both physically and mentally. And and, and, and our bond is, is something so special now and so fun. That makes me so, oh, my heart. You know, she goes to mom when she wants emotional support, but when she wants to play and have fun, it's dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her like little voice. I'm just amazed too because like she was speaking like Spanish. She was saying, what, what was she? Basura. Like she would come here and she would say basura. And I'm like, what the fuck? How's this bitch on these words? And then Val's mom will speak Russian, Russian. to her. And just, I don't know if she's speaking it, but she, she definitely understands it. That's She, I mean, she knows some. Anna will literally just like, just rattle all these things off to Sonia in Russian. And then Sonia will like, 
go off to go do something that Anna just has like told her to go do or go asked her to go get. And I'm like, oh my God, she just understands Russian. I think one thing that we've tried to do and well, not so much tried, we just did or didn't do rather was treat her like a baby baby. You know, we didn't do the, the baby talk. We just talked to her like we talked to people. I mean, we obviously used a different tone, but we tried to talk in our normal tone and talk to her in conversations, even when she wasn't even talking. And I think, I mean, they pick up on that so well. Yeah. Especially like using like using the actual words and in full sentences and not dumbing things down. Like I've been trying to teach her to say, like when she wants something, can I have this? May I have this? Not give me this or water or bottle. I want bottle. It's like, can I please have a bottle? And she doing that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Aww. Or if she doesn't, I say, what do you say? I know. I'm so cute when you FaceTime me the other day and she knows that I have a swimming pool. And she's like, swimming pool, show well, she me. She remembers we came here. Show me, she says. Show me. <laughs> she loves the, the flamingo. Oh, yeah. I don't know where the flamingo is. I think the flamingo might be dead, but we had a flamingo pool float that she like wanted to play and jump all around and hide in and... She's just so much fun. We'll say this, no matter what, it is a lot of fun. It's hard, 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 hard work. So you're just saying that there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself, even no matter what. So you have no like words of wisdom. I never had a pet. I never, minus the goldfish that mom took care of. (laughs) Um, The fish tank that mom cleaned. I never really had to care for anyone but myself in terms of like, you know, physically taking care of someone. And, you know, I just sort of live this life where I travel, I do my thing, I go where I want when I want, and that was that. And then all of a sudden, you're it's thrown, flipped upside down, and, you know, you, you have something very special to take care of and very, you know, and not just take care of physically, but mentally and emotionally and guide them through life. And Yeah, you don't, it's not about just keeping them alive. It's about, like... It's like teaching them not how to be shithead. You know, I want to do, I want to teacher proper values and I mean morals are morals whatever whatever yes of course good morals but I I want her to learn how to be a good person and to be a good person rather and Mm -hmm. set an example for her and I think between me and Val I think we're doing a good job definitely believe that you are and I know like I know right now she's just she's in that age every time bedtime rolls around she's running and hiding and screaming yeah but that's 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 just that's just unavoidable they're going to be assholes at again, that point, like, but it doesn't mean they're going to be assholes in life, I don't think. And Val's good at this. Is like her life was turned upside down. Like what she knew and she can't comprehend it, why she's not going to school anymore, why, you know, she's not with her friends and why she can't go, like I said, go to the office where mom's working because mom needs time. She needs to be away because she has to work. Like, why can't she do these things? And and we can't really, exp- I mean, we can, we said there's germs, there's things outside. We got to be careful, you know? Oh, she asked yeah. why I wear a mask. I say, because I don't want to spread germs and I don't want to catch germs. And, you know, we we take care of other people that way. Can you imagine like having to explain that to a two and a half year old that is so curious, that is definitely very aware in a way that they'll understand when they don't understand the the world and sadness that's out there. Yeah, that's, I mean, it'll be something that they'll learn in school and whatnot, but. Normally I feel like at this age, you're protecting them from that. You want to like protect them from the realities of the world and the scariness that's out there. And they don't need to like, no, I mean, yeah, teach them how to wash their hands and everything. But I also don't want them to be like blind to it. I don't want to be, you know, ignorant and to not know. I mean, I guess, yeah, she is two and a half, but 
I think on some level, she understands something's different. But we've never had to explain a global pandemic to toddlers. Well, we nobody's <laughs> had to explain it since what? I mean, since AIDS. Well, there's there's people in their 40s that still don't quite understand this. So, I, I mean, think- it's it's frustrating being in LA right now because you know we were good about it yeah. as a city as a state we were one of the first to shut down and now it's it's just unraveling and it's so frustrating that like wearing a mask is such a big deal well because we opened up too soon and people well, yeah. got people got certain freedoms i get it people want to go back lunch, to work and, and people want to go well, it's not, but they're not even about going to work i think that that's not even thing people are pissed off that they can't go to the gym or they can't go to the party or the bars are closed and it's just like these are luxuries. They're not privileges. Someone that loves to go out and go to bars and and all that, I don't really need to go to another one for a long time. We had just moved before all this, so we are kind of in the process of hanging stuff on the walls and all that. And then, you know, two months later, this all happened. So we've kind of focused on making our home, our home base, you know, like it should be. And, you know, we sit in our backyard and watch movies and stuff like that. We're we're lucky that we have that space. I feel really fortunate to be able to like have a home a house that like we you know tom and i are on top of each other that we have you know backyard we do have a pool like i have nothing to complain about so quarantine kind of suits me (laughs) like i i don't i like i'm a homebody i like spending time at home i do miss my friends i miss feeling comfortable well that's i mean that's going to be the thing that's going to be hard for a lot of people is and I don't think we're going to realize that until I mean right now people are like yeah let's go and I don't think that's the majority of people I think the majority of people are being very safe and and are being cautious and and to go back into the real world is going to be a very and there's people that are definitely more cavalier about it which is like the problem but um I wanted to, to I wanted to ask you just cuz like we're family <laughs> we grew up together if you had any like fun memories or stories that we could talk about. I know, sorry, that we could, that we could share with everybody. I was trying to think, I don't know. I mean, I always think about like in high school when you had your car and I'd like driving all your friends. (laughs) I was the older brother that got stuck with I'm like, Joey, will you take us to lunch? We want, because we want to go off campus for lunch. You're like, fine. You hated that we had the same lunch period. Yeah. (laughs) And then one of my friends started dating one of your good friends and then like, Mackenzie and Jake. And <laughs> and then I was like, we're gonna be hanging out. We'd meet up, we'd we'd meet up at a party and I'd be like, you'd be like, oh God. Yep. That's here's, right. here's it was sister. a small town, it was bound to happen. Yeah. We grew up in a park city, Utah, which is like a mountain town. It's small. I mean, it's grown now, but it's it's still small. No, it's it's only like people always say it's so big. Well, people people, that, live people that live there and have and have been there. It's like the size of like Silver Lake, maybe. It's, it's, I mean, I think maybe year round population is. When we were there, it was like 8,000 people. Yeah. Now it's like 12. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's small, but I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not really built to like hold a lot of people. So, yeah, when there's a Sundance film festival, yeah, it gets a little packed. Town's a little crowded for like two weeks. I loved it. And, and you'd hear all the people that live there, oh, it's Sundance again. Uh, Hollywood. Oh, I'm but, sorry. You're gonna make a ton of money but I mean, at your what job a cool tonight. Experience. Like, like, we, like, do you know how many people in the world, and especially like in LA now, like, are dying to go to Sundance? They would love to go to Sundance and experience that. And like, 
people that live in Park City, they get like a front row seat to that. They get, and the the, the locals get like early access to buy like tickets. And I embrace it. That's what got me into filmmaking is yeah. seeing like what we went to field trips to watch Sundance films. And I was like, they're, if people that don't, that are listening that don't know what they are, they're like independent films mm-hmm. that are more artsy and more. I mean, it's, it's changed now a little heavy. bit. Well, there's still... It, well, now now movies will like premiere. Yeah, like but... Bigger were, movies will yeah. premiere at Sundance to get, you know, certain attention and stuff. But yeah, they're they're, they're supposed to be more like on in the art house. Yeah, art house. Yeah. Uh, and, and I yeah. loved that sensibility and I loved what it were like, what I was watching on screen. And I'd go wait in line and see 20 movies. And Yeah, and, you did. And I loved it. And then, you know, and that sort of influenced is who I am as a filmmaker today. You know, and and yes, I'm working in in a diff, totally different realm, but I think that kind of is why it works in a way because I bring a different thing to it. I mean, it got me out to LA. I mean, even though I always wanted to move out here, they have these things called gifting suites or gifting lounges, where swag lounges, where the actors and celebrities and people that come to Sundance um, are invited to come to these lounges, where like different brands or whatever will come and they'll do like a gifting situation where they'll take pictures with products and give swag away to these actors and celebrities and stuff. And I worked in one of them and I met a woman who was um, a stylist to some, some, some celebrities and we became good friends and kept in touch over a couple of years. And I moved out here real quickly to become her assistant. And when I first moved out here, I stayed on your couch for like a month because <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I had to work. I had to come out here and immediately start working. And so you basically moved next door. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was no later on. I did because no, because my first part was in like Beverly oh, yeah. adjacent, but I had a couple friends that lived in LA, but Joey was the only one that I could like move in with. And so, yeah, I slept on his couch for like a month. Like I knew some friends from high school that were moving up from Orange County and we eventually found a place to live together. There is that whole like thing about LA, like, you know, the boulevard of broken dreams and all that. And yeah, it's true. But you know, you just, with anything in life, you just sort of persevere, I guess. Takes a lot. I always say with with everything I've done, with everything in life, it takes a village. It takes a person's, a brother's couch to sleep on. Yeah. My job, I, I have so many amazing, talented people that are behind me, that help me edit, that help me shoot, do all this. You know, with my daughter, it's my wife and her family and our family too. And, and you know, and that's what it takes. And, and you have to trust in people. And that's that's a hard thing to do a lot of times. Especially Just, here because some people... And trust in yourself, more importantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, people here too don't... They're jaded. They don't have best intentions. They They use people. People use them. There's a whole kind of method to the madness that you kind of have to sort of like work your way through. That's life. I mean, <laughs> right, it, yeah. it's I not, I always, I would always think about that. Like, yeah, the film industry is very cutthroat, but so is everywhere. So is every job. So is the business world. It's just, it's more public because people are interested in watching E or watching yeah. Extra or whatever the shows are, TMZ. And it's out there, you know, people hear about so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And any business is that way. Everyone wants to be at the top. Everyone wants to be the best. Well, most people do, I think. I don't know. I always did, and I know you did, and it's just I don't want to say I didn't stop for anything, but you know it was I was driven, and and that's kind of what it is. It's you find a different level, and that's not to say that everyone's not or people working at a restaurant aren't or whatever, but there's different avenues in life that people just you find your you know your avenue. You also don't know where things are going to take you because you just started working at a restaurant. 
Speaking of. I mean, I worked at like several different restaurants around LA. <laughs> I mean, in LA has that connotation though of like, you're an actress and a waiter. Yeah, like everyone's like, okay, like you're an actress. What restaurant do you work at? Like that's that's like a running joke and that, you know, but the thing is like, that's what people have to do when they move out here because it's like you have unpredicted schedules and like if you book something, you need to be able to like have flexibility in your schedule or to move things around to, to fit with the auditions and everything like that. The job that you take on to supplement your income. But I never, yeah, I never thought that when I took a job at, Sir, while I was trying to work towards being on television or in movies, that oh, that, I remember you had said you'd given up on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To truthfully, to be honest, at that point, I was like, you know what? Like that just feels like I need to put that dream like on the back burner or on like a bit of a indefinite hiatus to focus on something. And I had taken the internship at Warner Brother Records and was like, oh my god, like I would love to work in the music industry. And so I was trying something else on for size. And then, yeah, then just serve. You you never know. Reality TV happens. So, yeah, but. That's the the cool thing about everything, you know? (laughs) The cool thing about everything? (laughs) Well, life as a whole, you know? I don't know. It's it's so hard right now. And and even on the day-to-day, I'm struggling to be positive because I'm a a doom scroller, as you like to read. (laughs) And I'm plugged into watching the news and all this. And it's like, but I also know, like, there is another side or there will be one way or another. I hope so. And I don't know when it's going to be, but you know, the the best thing to do now is is just to be safe first of all. Wear a mask and and keep those that you are closest to safe and close to you, you know, and like make sure they're safe and make sure they're taken care of and I we we just got to take care of each other. I mean, that's it. More than anything, we got to take care of each other. There's so much so much we just want to divide and and take people apart and Right now, we can't do that. Yeah. I'm preaching, but, you know. And I think more than anything, that's like, as a father, it's gotten me thinking about that more and then thinking about what is an important, what is important and, and, you know, again, thinking with someone else's life in my hands. I constantly think it's always good to like check in and with yourself and in your life and take inventory of the things in it and decide what, you know, is of value, what brings you value, what you need to like reinvest in, what needs to maybe go, you know, where, where, to, where to spend your time and energy within your life. Well, it's hard because, you know, in our, in our lives and society and we just get caught up in it, you know, and it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop and think. It's, so, it's hard to stop and say, what is important to me? What is, what are my goals? What are my values? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to create? What do I want to put out to the world? You know, and, and it's hard to look at yourself that way, I think. And for me, it's been hard and I try to do it constantly, but small person and, you know, someone else in my, in my life, it's hard to, to put myself first. For how many years did you, were you managing a movie theater? When I was 17. Yeah. You were still in high school, but like. Until like three or four years. Joey managed a movie theater, which meant free movies. Um, but he had something crazy happen oh, to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so again, it's a small town. So it was a three-screen three theater. Four-screen. It used to be three, and then they expanded to four. But we shared like this big building with a bank. And I remember it was a Friday afternoon, and I had to like leave the theater, go in a hallway in the or door in the hallway, go up some stairs, and go to another door to go to the projection room. And it was like a common area. And then to like the left was the bank. Mm-hmm. 
Like all the businesses were connected. Yeah, there was like a bank, a theater, there was a TV station, there was like an insurance company or something upstairs. And then, so one Friday afternoon, I go up, I start, I'm starting the movies. I come walking down and I see a guy like walking up the stairs and he was wearing like ski, ski gear, like a ski hat, goggles and a vest or something. But it was like June. So it was kind of... (laughs) Like, what is going on? Non-common in Park City, was, but in he June. He wasn't in like in a common. rush. And then I was walking down and there was like a landing between the, the two levels. And I get there and he was pretty shocked to see me. And he had a gun and he held it at my face and said, you know, get to the ground, freeze. And at first I was like, it, it all happened like within two, not like 20 seconds. So this is going to sound like it took five minutes, but it was like this moment of like, wait, What's going on? Is he joking? Or, is this real? Yeah. Are they filming something for the TV station? Um, okay, that's a gun. Is it real? I did like, I don't know if you guys have seen David Fincher movies, but he does a lot of like super zooms through doors. And and I did that into the chamber of the, the, he had a revolver and then I could see the copper tips and I'm like, okay, those are real bullets. And then You like I, stare down the barrel of a gun. That's so for like, but again, it was like, 20 seconds. But still. But yeah, it was a long enough time for me to look and see that. And then I got on the ground and he walked up the stairs and and I guess there was a fire escape. He had parked his car in the back and he got, I mean, apparently he got away with a few thousand dollars. <laughs> but he knew it was Friday when people were depositing their paychecks mm. and stuff like that. But I always think back like, damn, I could have jumped on this guy. I could have, I could have taken him out and I could have been a hero. And he I went back into the theater and I'm like, uh, I think... I think I was just in a bank robbery. I was held at gunpoint. <laughs> My boss at the time was like, uh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, all right. So well, you, you need to go start this ground? movie. Were you like, this isn't a liar. Just kidding. Good reference. You're like, these- I, it was, it, it's so weird because I think back. Like, these are that, Chico's. Like, I should have been more like, oh my God. Uh, but it all just didn't feel real. It just happened. And yeah, it was sh- shitty and whatever. Ugh. But yeah, that was a fun little, and you wouldn't think in a town like Park City, Utah, you'd have this happen. No, because it's it was so safe. I mean, it w- like we would like just run around town when we were so young. Like our parents but were think, like, "Be home before it's dark." That was that's like, like that society was as a whole now. You can like, but I mean, I mean I don't maybe think it was kids, always bad, and we didn't hear from about like it. Everywhere we're able to do that. I mean, Park City was definitely like it was safe by comparison to a lot of places that like we were able to just, there was a free city bus and I don't know what we would do. We'd just run around to like go to Main Street. Go to Devonza's. Yeah, go have pizza. Pizza place. Best pizza. We'd go to Devonza's, have pizza or go to Cows and have ice cream or just like, I I don't know what we would do. Run around the Main Street Mall because that was a weird, (laughs) random place. It was really like a small town experience, but with the aspect of having world-class events like Sundance and the Olympics. We had the Olympics, which was such a cool time too, because they closed down our school to, and they used it as like the headquarters for the Olympics. So we got like the whole month of February off just to like, and we, we got to go to, I went to a couple of events and I went to a couple of the medal ceremonies. I remember I went to one that Macy Gray performed at, one Dave Matthews performed at. And then I worked at Quicksilver on Main Street during that time. <laughs> so I was just like living my life working. Our mom ran a restaurant. She was general manager of a restaurant. And so during the winter, we'd have people come from like all over the world to seasonally work 
to ski and stuff and they would work at the restaurant with us. So, you know, whether from Australia or Brazil, like met a lot of people from all over the world considering it was from we were in Utah. Our childhood consisted of like Joey and I ganging up on poor Rocky, our little brother. We deserve him being an asshole to us every now and then. <laughs> he's no, Rocky, I'm not saying he should he's an be asshole. a much bigger asshole I'm than he is he to us. He, we deserve it if he is. I'm just, yeah, I'm saying he could be a lot worse to us because we would terrorize him. But we know, we, I feel like we all got along for the most part because we were, we're all like two years apart and I'm the only girl in the middle. So Joey's the oldest, then me and then Rocky's the youngest. But you were like the good kid the smart, studious one who was like, got really good grades. You you did. You were, you were like honors, like, AP, yeah, everything like yeah. that. And I came along and was like, let's just keep, let's just Mom keep and Dad your, just didn't care about Rocky. Let's just that. keep your GPA <laughs> where it needs to be so you can graduate or stay in cheerleading or whatever it was. And then here comes Rocky making his teachers cry. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a little shithead in school. Oh, it's okay, Rocky. We won't tell your story. That's your journey. But Yes, um, I agree. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Well, thank you for coming on, Joe. This is so much fun. Everyone follow Joey on Instagram so you can see- it's Either wrestling or Sonia. All the, the chronicles that he's shot. You can see like past photography work that he's done, which is amazing. Um, but what is it? What's your handle? At red light. 24 FPS. F is in Frank, P is in Paul, S is in Sam. All right. Well, until next time, everyone. Peace. Be well. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 